Hi, everybody. Shannon here. I wanted to share some exciting things happening over at Bloom Hill. On Wednesday, November 22nd at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, we'll be opening our Dahlia Tuber shop for the winter. We have a lot of wonderful varieties for sale this year, and I know you guys are going to love some of our newbies. So head over there and check that out. It really is a great selection this year. So mark your calendars. You will not want to miss that. Splitting your dahlia clumps to increase your stock is one of the most wonderful things about growing dahlias. It's also the thing that people feel the most uncertainty with. How do I split my stock? How do I identify eyes? How do I keep my tubers happy and healthy over the winter? Over the years, we've made all the mistakes and have perfected splitting and storing our tuber stock. Bloomhill Farm is launching our Dahlia Tuber Masterclass. The first module for release is all about splitting your clumps and Dahlia Tuber storage. We dive in with a 30 plus minute video detailing exactly how to split your clumps and identify eyes. Judge sharing his favorite splitting tools and no fail technique that will allow you to get the most of your Dahlia Tuber clumps and in turn, you know that is money in your pocket. The course is just $75 and you will no doubt be making that back in the very first clump that you successfully split. We are so excited to walk hand in hand with you and teach you how to split and store your tuber stock with success. It's a wonderful skill that keeps on giving, especially if you're addicted to to dahlias like the rest of us. Am I right? (laughs) So to learn more, you can head to www.bloomhillfarm.com forward slash learn and become a dahlia tuber splitting ninja this winter. You'll also be able to find the link in our show notes that will take you right to the website. Okay, guys, let's get into today's episode. I'm Lindsay with Wild Root Flower Company. And I'm Shannon from Bloom Hill Farm. Over the last six years, we've leaned on each other as we grew our farms into the profitable six-figure farms they are today. We want you to join us each week as we have real, honest conversations about life and business. And we promise you'll leave feeling inspired and your farming toolbox will be filled with actionable strategies you can implement at any stage in your business. Learn from our mistakes as we talk business, marketing, and growing techniques to help you create the farm of your dreams. So let's roll up our sleeves and get the dirt on flowers. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of The Dirt on Flowers. We we are cranking. It's the middle of mm-hmm. November, mm-hmm. and we're just winding things down. I feel like it was just – I feel like we were just here digging dahlias and planting tulips. <laughs> like 2023 was so fast. Yeah. It went crazy. I, yeah. I'm just ready to wrap things up for the I, most part. Yeah. I'm ready to say – I know. I just saw – actually, it was your po- – I just saw your post with like Christmas greens and stuff and I almost had this like out-of-body experience like looking at them like it's really – like Thanksgiving is next week. I know. I know. It's so wild to me. So I, I don't know. I um, Have you put out your Christmas decorations? No. Oh, see. <laughs> have you? I did. Are you an early Christmas decorator? Uh-uh. This year oh. I am. This yeah. year. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So yes. I just – I honestly, after everything, when I found out the news Mm -hmm. and I, one of the first things that I thought that actually like made me feel comfortable and like made me feel good was thinking about Christmas and and family and friends and just like slowing down. And I think the business every year, Christmas, I I always say I do Christmas light because it's like, (laughs) it's the last thing I think about. Because when I put those Christmas decorations out, I'm thinking like, I got to dust around these stupid things until (laughs) for a month. And then 
I'm just going to be shoving them back in a box and carrying the tote back upstairs, you know? So I just, I'm always like, I do a little sprinkle around Mm -hmm. the house, but this year, not this year, I put them up. Yeah. I played full on like Christmas Christmas music. music. I was having a time and (laughs) sat down and did some like retail therapy on Amazon. I have reindeer coming for the outside of my yard. I mean, all out this year, which is like not me. at all but it makes me joy though it does yeah Yeah. so I think so I'm excited for that so I have most of my Christmas decorations too are just like trees little like bottle brush trees bottle trees me too yeah Yeah. which is good because they're probably going to still be up in March like I'm having (laughs) you know I'm I'm going to be like not able to put them away at the end of the year so we'll just leave them up and they'll they'll bring joy for many months for me so Yeah. yeah usually I'll wait till after Thanksgiving for sure like I generally yeah. don't any time before Thanksgiving just like feels I don't know it, I, I mean I, I love the hol- I love holiday decorations like the twinkle of the lights the tree like I love do you get do you do real tree or do you yeah, do real you real me too mm-hmm. so I love like the smells and the uh, generally I'm like a more naturally I decorate with more natural items I'm not overly glitzy Christmas mm-hmm. you know so I know I'm actually I'm, I'm looking forward to it this is the first Christmas with Judd home from UPS oh wow oh that's a big deal last Christmas he worked and it's always been you know with the kids like we could never really go you know look at Christmas lights at night after it got dark yeah. because Judd's like I have to go to bed or I would do it by myself so I'm like strapping three kids in the car <laughs> Try, yeah, like trying to take everybody and enjoy the holidays when really we're just like barely surviving. But it'll just be nice to do things, you yeah. know, and not be like doing all my wrapping and stuff the night, Christmas Eve mm-hmm. night, and just like just enjoying the season. It's like yeah. it's kind of like a delayed gratification because it's been so wonderful having Judd, and that's been awesome. But like this is like the culmination of when he was always like taken from us basically. Mm-hmm. And so this is, that's really what I'm looking for. That's forward awesome. to. So That's super yeah. exciting. Yeah. yeah. That'd be nice. So it's nice to get the Christmas stuff out of the way. You make everybody's wreaths and you get all that. And then you're just like, okay, like I'm shutting the customer side of me off. Yeah. And I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. that's just where I've, it's always been, in, my stuff's always been an afterthought and, you know, mm-hmm. I'm trying to like create this magic in everybody else with like wreaths and centerpieces yes, and like just being yeah. in the holiday spirit. And so I'm just trying to turn that back to myself this year that's and I'm good. I'm excited. So yeah, I know I was putting them up. I'm like, it's the second week of November and I have <laughs> good Christmas decoration. I know. <laughs> I know. But I, just to give you like a follow-up, I also still had a sign in my kitchen that said Merry and Bright. It's like a little marquee sign <laughs> from last year. And then I think it was like the middle of the summer I looked up and I was like, I guess that could just mean every day. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like just sort of a theme for oh. life. I don't know. But yeah, so that's that's still up. No. So I'm happy to – as yeah. just small small things, you know, the small mm-hmm. joys. So that's exciting. I'm, yes. I'm glad Jay gets to be yeah. with you guys this year. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be good. Yes. Yeah. Well, it's funny because even on our flower farms, like Christmas, it's like we don't generally think we're like selling during Christmas. But if you're doing what we're talking about today, we're talking about the specific target market that's CSA. If you're doing that, for me, that's a huge Christmas sell. Like that's what I'm selling for Christmas generally because I don't have product at that point. So today we're kind of diving into what kind of customer comes from a CSA, what it means to have this revenue stream for your farm, the goods, the bad, the ugly. We've been through it. We've 
between Lindsay and I, like really we've done our CSAs a, a couple different ways, you know, learned a lot of lessons along the way. So if you haven't already listened, episode four is a like an overarching target market episode where we kind of like talk a little bit about different different revenue streams for your flower farm. This would be more of a deep dive into each one. We just we, just a couple episodes ago we did the wedding target market episode, so we're going to kind of be highlighting these different sales outlets and just diving deeper into them so that you guys can learn a little bit more about them, tweak yours, see if it, it might be a good fit. You know, that's really the the goal. Yeah, yeah. And there's so many different ways to do a CSA, but yeah, I yes. would say the same thing for mine is. Mm-hmm. For us, we sell a ton of them at Christmas. You know, Valentine's Day, that's like another big push. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's one of, I will say, with the Target Market series, as we're like going to go through these, this is one that I would say, if people always say, like, give advice to new farmers, I would say, don't do a CSA your first year. Yeah. It's a like, lot that's just, this pressure. is my opinion. It's a ton mm-hmm. of pressure. Mm-hmm. I did. And I had a, there was like so much anxiety over it. And I didn't even, realize I tend to be like a fire ready aim girl. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I was just like, yeah, let's just do it. And I've learned a lot. I I always come out on top. I feel like in in some ways, Mm -hmm. I mean, sometimes I don't. Sometimes I feel like I'm (laughs) at the bottom of the pile. But you still learn through that whole process. But CSA, like we're going to talk about today, we're going to talk about pros and cons and different ways that we run it. We've ran our CSAs, but I would say take the pressure off of yourself. You know, you're going to learn so much in that first year or two anyway. Um, And then you get more established customer base. And then I think you're going to have more confidence and customers to sell that CSA subscription to going into having, you know, your name out there in the community a little bit more. Yeah. And confidence is like key, you know, I mm-hmm. think. Like nobody wants to buy something, you know, prepay for something from someone who's like, well, I think I'm going to have this and I think I'm going to have that. That confidence piece is going to be, you know, what you need to show your customers. And for me, it's like, I think the second year I started a CSA and I just did a sunflower CSA. I'm like, all right, year one, I know I can at least grow, <laughs> grow sunflowers. So yeah. I'm going to grow, do a sunflower CSA. So it's like, it it is a very unique a very unique sales income stream because people are prepaying it's like unearned revenue essentially yeah. so they pay you and then you have to fulfill your end of the promise it's like a partnership essentially so it's a unique one for sure and not for the faint of heart i would say yeah tough yeah. market to jump into to solve mm-hmm. that but Yeah. If we're talking about what kind of customer a CSA customer is, because for me on our, on my farm, I really feel like my CSA customer is a little bit of a different, is a different monster, not monster. (laughs) It's a, (laughs) it's a different customer than my, like somebody who might come to the flower stand. So thinking about what, what it means to talk specifically to that certain audience, your language is going to be different. You're going to, you know, they have, they have different things they're looking for, different obstacles to buying, like all that really applies. And for me, the CSA customer is like a a really specific kind. So on our farm and I'm finding a way, I'm trying to figure out a way to track this this year. We have like a button that says like, this is a gift, you know, when they're checking out and I'm trying to track how many people are actually gifting these because for me, I bet it's at least over, it's at least 60%. Um, so that's a unique customer, not someone who particularly loves flowers, 
but someone who knows somebody who loves flowers. So that's a particular one. And then everybody else is either buying it for themselves as like self-care or they're treating themselves as a way to ensure that they're going to consistently have flowers for six or four weeks or whatever it is that you decide for your CSA share. And there's another piece is they're kind of like buying for convenience. Like they want to know that each week they're going to have the best, what's the best and most beautiful coming from my farm. And they like the perks. So for them, it's easy to buy that. And then it's like their, their future self is going to be happy. Their, their Christmas self committed to the CSA when spring comes or whatever. So do you feel like the same ones? Like that's kind of same customer base. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that. And Mm -hmm. I feel like I resonate with my CSA customer because I am that I would be that for some, a farm, like a veggie. If there was a vegetable CSA in our area, I would 100%. 100%. Any veggie farmer that's listening that's in this area, I would <laughs> buy from you religiously mm-hmm. because it's the convenience piece for me. Like it's mm-hmm. the – you get the added perks and then it's why I buy a whole hog. It's why I buy a half yes. a beef because it's just a one-time thing for me. It's a one purchase mm-hmm. and then I get all of this to me for like many, many weeks. And so mm-hmm. that is – that's just sort of how I shop. So I feel like I'm hardwired for that. But yeah, it's a great gift. Mm-hmm. We also get people that gift it for if someone loses someone. So instead of mm-hmm. funeral flowers, they mm-hmm. will gift it oh. and then give it some space. That's and then nice. so it's – yeah, it's like in in yeah. memory of someone and it's a way to honor mm-hmm. them and stuff. So I think that's a, that's a, a nice nice way to – you know, I don't, I don't particularly market that. Yeah. But so, that just is something gonna, that sort of has happened. Yeah. Yeah. And when, I think when you're giving the gift givers are, the particular language with them is like people who are struggling to find a gift for the person who has everything. Like, yeah, I hear this from people. Well, I got this for my mom because she has everything. <laughs> she yeah. already, or she doesn't want another trinket. You know, she just she wants to like come out, come here each week and pick up her flowers. And she calls me and it was and is like, oh my gosh, you know that was so fun. Like today, the goats were doing this, that, and the other when she got to pick up. Like mm-hmm. as especially for older parents, that's what I'm finding. A lot of people are buying them for older parents who are like looking to do something or they look forward to the yeah. same thing each week. So there's like a really specific kind of person I think um, who. A, supports buying local and wants to surprise somebody with a really unique gift. Yeah. So I think like tapping into some of those emotions and stuff is a really important piece. And for me, the CSA is like all – it's marketing. I mean, it's all, yeah. with – it is. It's a lot of marketing. I mean, that could be like a pro or a con, <laughs> whether you like marketing it yeah. or not. But with the CSA, and I think like all of our revenue streams in some ways, we're like tapping into people's emotions around buying flowers and, you know, the gift that keeps on giving or well, treat yourself or, you know, it's it's really a cool customer. They're super fun. If if they love it, you know, they're going to tell everybody. It's a really unique kind of customer, which I think yeah. is an amazing piece of your farm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, so if you're listening and you either have a CSA or you're considering CSA, we'll talk about some of the pros of having a subscription or a CSA subscription on your farm. And so really a CSA as a whole, the model is actually a CSA model is a business model. So it's really as like at its core, if you read about it from the veggie world, these oh so smart vegetable farmers that we stole their idea from to mm, have a we did to have flower subscriptions. <laughs> it's that it's a way to have off-season income. So in a time where you don't have flowers, you don't have anything to sell, it it, it gives you a boost in cash flow in the off-season mm-hmm. to be able to get through the winter, to buy supplies. So 
I always say that our income with flowers, if you were to graph out or map out a the way the grass grows, okay, so like it peaks up in the spring mm-hmm. and then it sort of flatlines during the summer, it's still growing, and then you go peak back up in the fall and then it just tanks and dies in the yes. winter, okay? <laughs> so mm-hmm. the CSA sort of fills in that gap a little bit where it tanks, tanks out um, on us. And so – it's just really, it's good. It's it's good, and we're gonna show you mm-hmm. why it can also be a little bit of a challenge as well. Mm-hmm. But for somebody that is looking to do this full time, like for us, it's crucial. Yes. It's how I keep Essential. employees on full time. Yes, yes, it's how we pay bills for the farm. Mm-hmm. Um, we pay our employees. I'm able to keep employees on year round because of that income, and I'm very transparent about that too because. I think that CSA customer also another characteristic that we didn't mention is they get really invested in your farm Mm -hmm. on like they want to like the operational side, they become like very an investor in what we're doing. And that's a real important part of the CSA. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we mentioned this being like an absolutely lovely gift to receive, but CSA is also very helpful in, in farm planning. So Knowing like going into the season with like most other markets, they're all sort of an unknown, a little question mark beside them, right? We do like top line revenue budgets and we're always preaching about, you know, having goals and and so that helps you with your crop planning. But a really solid CSA program gives you a constant. It says like, okay, we sold 200 shares of spring CSA. I know that chunk is already sold. So it gives you like... A, an ability to plan in a way that you know other markets really do not because there's so many mm-hmm. variables with this. So a CSA is just more of a it's a it's a fixed you know variable versus a um, you know uh, intermediate like we would talk mm-hmm. about expenses where something that would variable be very would hang on would be <laughs> variable. Yes. Holy crap! <laughs> I t- I'm not gonna lie. I took a muscle relaxer. Okay. <laughs> A half of one I've had. This, <laughs> this is great. true. It's I am <laughs> a little lost. My eyes were crossing a little bit. Oh my god! Wake up! I'm good. It was real hot in here. Okay. So, oh my gosh. Um. So <laughs> prescribed crop planning. Yes. For, <laughs> for for crop planning, it's to me like I love it. Yeah. I'm like. Okay, I already know I got this sold. And that's really, and it's like a, you know, we talk about keeping records and all that kind of stuff. Like, this is a record for me. And for me, like, I'm always trying to set sales goals. And to me, it's kind of hard, like, for me to say, like, oh, I I mean, like, you can. I want to sell like 50 bunches of status or whatever. But for me, it's like that CSA number, I'm like making goals and I'm pushing to hit it. So that's what I, I like that piece of it and it's just it, it's it's awesome I mean it's terrifying and wonderful mm-hmm. all at the same time if you can figure it out and become confident that you're growing I think the crop planning piece is just like an added bonus is where you can start planning around knowing that you already have some of those crops sold it makes ordering the ranunculus corms a lot easier when you yeah. know you've already got the ranunculus sold in some yeah. ways very so. true yeah yeah and so the other two other two points I would make of this is that Having a CSA subscription, and Shannon kind of mentions this, is that like your customers are going to then, they're going to talk about it with their other customers and the mm-hmm. word of mouth is going to spread and they're going to say, hey, I got this really cool, you know, flower subscription and like I love it and they're sharing it and they're going to, somebody else is going to want to join in and the fun with that. Um, and then the other is that 
you're expanding your business with having other pickup locations. Mm -hmm. So you, that in itself is just marketing for you and having that where those flowers are being seen and there's sort of this like, Hey, I want that. Um, the business, like our, our CSA pickups, like they are singing our praises to their customers and it's just works. I would say, Mm Make sure that it's on brand for you. So whatever that means, whatever mm-hmm. on brand means for your brand, you know, if it's Bub's, you know, Joe's Pub down the road, that's your brand by all means. Yeah. Go with it. But like if yeah. it's a boutique or something that aligns where you think you're going to get more customers, mm-hmm. go with that. Yeah. You know, so just yeah. do whatever works for you. Yeah. yeah. And if you're picking like another local business, like for me, like I, I want to seek out other local businesses because the people who are going to those businesses are seeking out, let's just say, that Tremont coffee shop and instead of going to Starbucks like literally 10, 10, <laughs> 10 houses or whatever down the road. Um, they're like try, making the effort to go to a local place. Like that's the kind of person who's going to want to make the effort to support yeah. me instead of just saying, I'm going to grab the lime green roses at the grocery store or whatever. Mm-hmm. So – Again, just like trying to get in front of people who are going to support you. And there's a certain type. And I hate saying it. It's like there's people who buy flowers and seek out the local source knowing that it might be a little bit more expensive. And there's people who just refuse and want the cheapest. Like you want to repel the cheapies and you want to get the people who are going to want to invest invest in you, know your story, know your farm, and all those kinds of things. And those are people who are attracted to supporting other local businesses. So like I get, my one recommendation is that I wouldn't necessarily make it at like the local Meyer. <laughs> you yeah. know, it's not – and those people aren't even going to be interested in having – you know, a bouquet pickup anyways. So aligning yourself is a really, really important. It's like marketing. It's like the best word of mouth, you know, word of mouth is the number one marketing. Yeah. And it's a benefit for that location. Remember Mm -hmm. that when we've had this question before, people say like, how do I even approach them? Just say like, Mm -hmm. it's a benefit to them. You are bringing them this many customers every single week into their store to see what they also have to offer. So yes, one, you know, with thinking about pickup locations, also consider what is their foot traffic. You know, if they mm-hmm. are a retail store that's super slow and that might not be the best fit for you. Some things I've also considered is like parking location for that customer. I don't want mm. it to be an inconvenience. Um, we did one that was in town and, you know, parallel parking and trying to find a spot mm. and like something that makes it easy good, um, convenient pickup hours for your customer as well. But approaching them, like it's a win-win. It's a win for them. It's a win for you. And, you know, kind of selling or asking it that way if they'd be interested in that. You know, Mm -hmm. yes, they are providing a service for you um, where they're like checking a name off of a list, um, but you really are bringing them like consistent customers every week too. So, yeah. And there's like a special kind of magic that happens when you see something that you want, but you can't have it. Mm-hmm. So I run into that um, a lot with the CSA. Like they'll say, "Oh, people will say, oh, I'll, can I get one of those?" And they're like, "Oh no, I'm sorry, they're just for the for the subscription members." And they're like, "Well, what do I have to do to be a subscription member?" It's like we want what we can't yeah. have, yeah. you know. And that is like that's to me like marketing magic. That's mm-hmm. like that's somebody who's going to buy. So like for us, just talking about like having the pickup points, a really important piece is having a little marketing card that has all the information that they would need to know to go buy like the next share or the next CSA subscription, like now, you know, and that's, that's how those pickup locations grow over time. 
Okay. So with every all the pros, there's always cons no matter what we do. So, okay, let's dive into some of those. The, okay. This, for me, this is the number one. <laughs> this is the number one con. I would say even higher than it being a high risk is the exhausting amount of communication that goes into dealing with subscription or CSA customers. Remember this. Remember this statement. Just people <laughs> don't read. Okay. Let me say it again. They do not. People do not read and they no. don't watch video. No. They just, I don't know what to do. It's a problem. Just, <laughs> <laughs> it's a real problem. It does not matter how clear you think you've been. They're mm-hmm. going to show up this way. We, we always call like week one of when the subscription starts. It's like hell week. It's mm-hmm. like no one's showing up where they're supposed to. <laughs> People are showing up. They're my, you know, they're messing. Why isn't my bouquet here? I'm like, lady, because you're supposed to pick up at <laughs> so mm-hmm. and so. And, and it's like it's that factor of getting it as a gift is that they're not the one purchasing it. So sometimes there's like either a lack of as much as we try, there's like a lack of communication transfer there, information transfer sometimes. So I always take a deep breath mm-hmm. that first that first drop off um, yeah. because it's painful. It's it is. It's else. unreal. I mean yes. – and it, it does comfort me though when you and I talk about it because yeah. I'm it, it, you get left some I get left sometimes going is it me you know and then they respond yeah. in the email and it they're asking questions <laughs> that are in the email that they replied to you know <laughs> yeah. um, and I try to be with communication on this when you you know we're talking about being like clear and concise with communication even with that like. I take mm-hmm. out words. I try to use bullet points, you know, highlight. Yeah. It's rough. That's I, I agree 1,000%. The communication is the hardest part. Yeah. And if you're a one-man band, like, yeah, it's going to feel very hard. I did it by myself. You know, I'm just trying to manage all of that is, is a lot. It's like mm-hmm. it's communicating with them, pick up when they pick up, when they're supposed to pick up, what, what days they're supposed to pick up, and then like managing the expectation like, yes, you have to pick up on this day. And mm-hmm. creating those boundaries is very difficult. But I've gotten better over time. But it's like, I'm not making you another bouquet when you don't pick up your bouquet now. Yeah. You know, I'm sorry I'm not doing that. I used to. And now yeah. I'm like, yes, your half-dead bouquet is waiting for you it, mm-hmm. when you want to pick up on Monday. So it's it's tough. There's a lot of hard like learning moments and stuff that way. But I think mm-hmm. – doing your best to over communicate. I mean, we text, we text these people mm-hmm. and they still aren't showing up in the right spot. It's just, you could do everything that you can, but just know that there's going to be some uncertainty that first week and some torturous. Yeah. <laughs> torturous. Messages. And not even just the first week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Really. And we on. do all the things. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have a uh-huh. handbook, right? Do you have like a welcome, mm-hmm. not a handbook, mm-hmm. a welcome packet? Yeah. Yeah. We mm-hmm. do too. Like this is what's – it's a contract. This is what's expected of you. This is what is expected mm-hmm. of us. Yeah. It's a – yeah. Yeah. So I think that to me that's one of the one of the hardest things to manage and just like having those clear boundaries is really important. Okay. So other other than that, the other thing that I think is just so important is that just going going into it is knowing that this is a higher risk revenue source because – they pre they pre buy it so that means they expect you to deliver it so if you're at all unsure about your outgrowing how much you can produce can you produce enough then 
either don't do it or, and I've said this to a lot of different people, we've said this in the insiders, is start small. Like no one needs to know that you're only put doing five, you yeah. know, put it out there like you're doing 200. The five, no one needs to know. You just you sold out. You're creating that want, that need. You're like, there, it's, it's not bad. It's like sometimes yeah. we can't think, oh, well, if I don't have 150 members like like Lindsay, then why am I even doing this? Well, yeah. It doesn't have to be like that, you know. So starting yeah. small is like the best way to learn. And you're, as you get more comfortable growing, then you can continue to add over time. It really is a slow growth type thing. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So the last one will be it does create some cash flow issues. So you're collecting the money up front and you're doing the work later. There's like some accounting practices and stuff. Do you do you account for these differently in in QuickBooks? I was going to ask you. No, I don't account for them differently. So they get categorized as CSA income. So it's unearned. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. um, then with me for like cash flow, I track cash flow outside of QuickBooks actually. And so I'm always looking at like when I look at like month to month with cash flow, what I'm going to have, it's always getting like mostly accounted for in December mm-hmm. and January yeah. and February. That's sort of my like time frame mm-hmm. with for spring anyway, for mm-hmm. spring money. Yeah. That's where I'm yeah. kind of accounting for. What about you? Yeah. We put it in kind of like an unearned revenue section. So like I know that – I just know for me like what's on the line. Yeah. I like seeing that. I like seeing like hey, how much have I earned from these and then then looking that to the number of flowers that I have to produce. That's just the way that we've always run it. My accountant before my current accountant encouraged me to do it that way because to him the sale has not finalized until I've delivered on my part. Gotcha. So we've always categorized that a little bit differently. So almost like a liability on your yeah. end. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. And you're going to be, you know, you're going to all the the labor outputs and stuff are going to happen way after mm-hmm. you you receive that money and then maybe spent it. So you do have to kind of like put that money aside. It's like a slow just kind of a slow drip to do it for the things. And then eventually for me, like the labor side is always where I see it a lot. Like, geez, you know, we spent three hours making all these bouquets, but we're not earning money at that point with it. Well, we earned that a long time ago. So just, just having to deal with those things in your farm is important. That's why if you're doing only a CSA model, it can be, Mm -hmm. that would be very tricky. I would imagine to like somehow space out that income. You know, I can mm-hmm. – because I remember like even the first year that I did it, I, I had nine my first year and I remember thinking like, I was paid for this stuff a long time ago and I'm working <laughs> every week, you know, for yes. no additional income coming in. And yeah. it, it, it was a mental – it mentally wore on me a little bit. So mm-hmm. – but there's definitely ways to make CSA subscriptions work for you. Obviously, they do. That's how Shannon and I, you know, we still have them as a big piece of our farm. So – some tips for making subscriptions work for you is we talked about having clear and concise communication, and I cannot stress that enough. We use – both of us use a texting system. We both use email. We both have a welcome, like kind of a guidebook for mm-hmm. it. We text – I will say with mine, like we email when they get the share. We email, mm-hmm. like update them just like before the season gets going, we're updating them saying, hey, we're getting ready to have like pickup dates um, announced. Mm-hmm. And then we do every single week on their pickup day, we remind them via text message about the pickup. Yeah. And so that's just, 
you know, that's sort of how we try to like over communicate and it's, Mm -hmm. it's gotten better. And I think, you know, there's just, it's like anything else. There's always going to be like a handful that are just a little more challenging to handle. Um, but we try to just like hammer them with communications, Mm -hmm. like repetition. So they finally, they finally get it. So, (laughs) well, this year I had a couple people, this like never happened to me, but before, but I had somebody contact us like after the summer subscription was over they contacted us like when does the summer subscription start i had that (laughs) lady you missed it yep i had that i've had that happen before yeah i've I've actually have had that happen twice and i'm thinking like did it go to spam did they not get was something wrong like all those things yeah yeah. yeah. It's like I've been making What did you flowers. do? What did you do in that case? Just curious. The very early on, I gave mm-hmm. them a I gave them a share for the next season. Yes. Yeah. And then the last time that it happened, I did not. We made the flowers was, every single week. I, agree. I felt really guilty yes. about it. Me too. And the other part, the other the other reason I went back is that you can see in MailChimp when they've opened an email and they had mm. been opening email communication. And so I felt at that point yeah, I really had done everything. everything. Yeah, so I, I didn't. I did not. It was just yeah. very apologetic and yeah, um, sorry. Tried to not. Oh no, because yeah, like, really you held sorry, up. You, like if you think you made a hundred and twenty dollars or whatever you're charging yeah. worth of flowers that they didn't yeah. come pick up. Yeah, that's our tough. subscriptions that, are like over thirty dollars a pop. So we yeah. have a we run a premium subscription, and it was, mm-hmm. it was you know I hated it, but we reached out yeah. multiple times. And then the other thing we do with communication is that if they miss their first pickup, we then mm-hmm. follow up with them to say, hey, mm-hmm. you still have twenty four hours to pick up. You know, pick up your share. We're following up to make sure that they knew they had it. So we're putting yeah. in a ton of effort that I wasn't in the beginning. Um, yes. to make it to, to make, make it sure. happen but it's also another reason that we charge a little bit more for that they're getting so many perks with being a part of our CSA subscription uh, they get a discount on our apparel photography mm-hmm. night they get a member yeah. only night there's a ton yeah. of added you know they're getting a premium bouquet and the additional communication that goes into mm-hmm. that we don't have to do with say a farmers market or a flower stand or something like that so yeah yeah so <sighs> I know. It's a lot. Oh, yeah, it is. Yeah. So lots of people do it a lot of different ways. So if you're looking at other farms on Instagram or, you know, trying to figure out what's the best way to do it for you, generally, like for on our farm, we've done it a couple different ways. I Now we have a four, our spring and our tulip are four weeks. I was really spring. Oh, spring is tough. Mm-hmm. It's my most popular, but it's also my hardest at the farm to do. So we used to do six weeks. My first two weeks would be right, kind of right before Mother's Day. Or that second week would include the week of Mother's Day. And there's like only <laughs> – there's not that many things blooming, you know. Mm-hmm. Just basically for me, it's like ranunculus and anemone. So I felt like the bouquets were always so small. Mm-hmm. And even though I know it's a premium flower and I know they're getting what they paid for, the customer perception is that it was very small. And that's like their first impression was the first bouquet they get. So I was struggling with that a lot. So we moved it to four weeks. Okay. And also the other thing was some people were not buying my Mother's Day offering 
because their mother or whoever, they would get their subscription and give it to their mother as like the Mother's Day flowers. So the way that we moved it was the week after Mother's Day. So it's always easy for us to say to, oh, it starts the week after Mother's Day. The week after, whatever Mother's Day is, it starts the week after. And so that way people are feeling like they need to purchase flowers on Mother's Mm -hmm. Day. And then we moved it to a four-week subscription. So now it encompasses basically the end of Ranunculus and Anemone season and basically two two weeks of peonies and like some then some field spring crops start start creeping up towards the end there and my greenhouse stuff is starting to come on at that point to my unheated tunnel where I plant spring crops and overwinter them that's starting to creep up so my bouquets are just feeling a little bit you know extra mm-hmm. so for me it made sense to move to the four do you do four or six weeks Lindsay? I do six weeks in the spring six, okay mm-hmm. yeah so you have to kind of figure out what fits with your farm too um so for me I was feeling that pain point I hated those first two weeks it was like it was like hurting me on the inside whenever I saw the bouquets so we made that that change but you can do it seasonally you can do one for the whole season um, I've mm-hmm. seen people do like 12-week bouquet, 12, 12 week subscriptions and from July through September, they're getting a yep. getting a bouquet. So there's lots of ways to do it. And like Lynn's like still doing your summer next year or are you, you cutting it out too? No, so you're we cut sticking it. with no summer. Okay. Yeah, no summer. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. again, choices that are made based on your own farm. And that's kind of what you have to look at when you're structuring it. But the simpler, the better, I think. No, bi-weekly. Oh, yeah. Don't do bi-weekly. No. So here, yeah. So <laughs> my breakdown is I do six weeks in the spring mm-hmm. and I do a six-week fall share. And so I will tell you, I started out with monthly. I did a monthly share once a yes. month. And then I did bi-weekly. Mm-hmm, and it did not mm-hmm. work. People don't remember to pick up, go back to this, like people don't listen. They're busy. And so I noticed – even with like eliminating my summer share. And I'll talk about that in a second. But like people were so busy that we had the most missed pickups during the summer and I didn't like it. And then so we do six weeks in the spring. I will say, Shan, that I have the same issue with Mother's Day. Like I feel like it mm-hmm. affects my overall Mother's Day pre-orders. Yeah. But I start my share with tulips. So they kind of mm, get tulips right. and that kind of bulks it up and we dry store and then ranunculus come on and mm. anemone and then we're – kind of combining those two and then, you know, finish it. We're doing six weeks that way. And at the end, they're Mm -hmm. sort of getting more of the um, field grown stuff or some of the other greenhouse cool season. And so I, I don't have the, after tulip gate last year when I lost all those dang tulips, I (laughs) can't do a tulip share. I mean, (laughs) I just can't. I cannot get myself to do it for that specific Mm -hmm. reason. Yeah. Just because I don't, I, I I just don't want the risk of it. And so yeah. I haven't really found a way around Mother's Day. But yeah, but you're lumping in it. You're making it a six-week share now with tulips. Yes. Instead of, you know, and so that if it if it's there, great. If not, you could figure something else out. Or yeah. it's only a small piece, not like the old, not the star of the show or whatever. Yes. If it, yeah. Yeah, yeah for that. sure. So mm-hmm. we do that. And then I used to do a summer. So I used to do four weeks in the spring, eight weeks in the summer. No, I did six, eight, and four, four weeks mm. of dias. So I f- like la- last year was my very – this year, sorry, this year. I'm already in 2024. I am done with 2023, y'all. <laughs> done. <laughs> Look at that. My brain's already in 24. Um, so this year was the first year that we did a uh, – eliminated our summer subscription. And, and part of this was a financial decision where our agritourism piece, our – frankly, we made enough money in one sunset UPIC, which was three hours – 
to completely cover what we were selling in our summer CSA subscription. And Mm -hmm. when I looked at the labor input that we had, the flowers we were growing, all of that, I'm like, why am I doing a summer subscription? It was like really a lot more difficult for people to do pickup. And as a result, our farmer's market and our flower stand sales increased. And yes, it was a risk because we could have gotten rained out at one of our, like at Flower Fest or one of our yeah. Sunset U picks. Lots of things could have happened, but it didn't. And I knew that I could even weather that financial uh, storm a little bit if it did happen. It would have hurt me. I would have been financially hurt, affected by it. But it also gave us like more balanced working hours during the summer, which I was like all about. Mm-hmm. Um, this has been something that I'm like openly have been striving for on the farm for not just myself but my employees. And then we do a fall. So we start where we're they're trickling in with a little bit of dahlias, um, but they're still getting some of the, like the really good summer favorites, so the second flush, flush of lisianthus. And then um, we finish out with dahlias with them. And so people are back from vacation and it's just – it's nice to do them in these like little six-week chunks. And one tip we haven't said yet, but every single week, they know they have to pick up. So if you're mm-hmm. like bouncing around weeks, that's the other reason that it makes it tough is like if they're doing something every single week for six weeks in a row, they know they have to come and pick up. It's just they put it in their phone yeah. or whatever. It does make it more simple to not go like – I used to go like, yeah, the 15th and the yeah 26th. Uh-huh. You know, you yeah. just bounce yeah. around all those dates. But that's like – that's basically how we're structured now and I'll continue to do so. I think at some point I might try a peony share – that's mm-hmm. like yeah. on my horizon at some point. I just haven't, uh, yeah, haven't haven't pulled yeah. the trigger on that yet because those two mm-hmm. kind of work for us right now. But yeah, okay. Yeah. Anything else we should talk about? What do you think? No, I think that's pretty much. I mean, I think so. You got to trial it. You got to see what works for you. I know there's probably somebody listening that thinks biweekly that biweekly works for them well, mm-hmm. and that's do it yes. if it's working for yeah. you and your customers are. Pro, you know, are programmed, so are, are trained to do yes. that. I think there's, by all means, yes. it just wasn't. I think Tara that we had on the podcast, our mm-hmm. friend Tara, I think she does it biweekly too. But I also felt like the other piece of this with having it weekly is that like we also as a team got in, get into a groove of what we're harvesting. And it's like, yes. you're not going like, okay, this is a really big harvest week. This is a little bit slimmed down. This is a yeah. really big, and it just makes balancing the crops out and it's like what we're harvesting way more consistent and easier to plan for versus like, you know, every other week needing to have like a higher volume of crops. So yeah, there's a lot of nuances. And I think at the end of the day, um, under a promise and (laughs) keep going, it over deliver. (laughs) You nailed it. Not over over promise <laughs> under deliver that's the lindsay version that's the wild root logo over promise under deliver i said it with such confidence when i said it too if you're that's new horrible. if yes. you're a new listener i said that so that's been our like our logo our slogan for the year <laughs> yeah over promise under deliver wild root flower company yeah holy cow man yes, yes that's think, right yeah i just think commit like commit to what you feel comfortable with and then mm-hmm. like maybe take five away from that. <laughs> yeah. You know, because it's yeah. like, it doesn't have to be a home run the first year. It just has to feel comfortable. So you're learning. That's yeah. the key. You know, 
practicing the communication piece. It's it's very like administrative. Like there's a lot of administrative piece mm-hmm. to the to the CSA. So it's just, you know, getting going slowly and growing it as you go. And I think that's that's the key, figuring out how to make it work for you. But it is an amazing revenue stream. I could not do my farm without it. It's very an important piece as we're going full time and we have employees. It's that off season income is mm-hmm. the best thing about it. So yeah, for sure. Okay. Oh, I do have one yeah. thing to close mm-hmm. is if you're delivering your CSA subscriptions First of all, bless you. And second of all, please make sure that you're charging. Like you're yeah. charging for the delivery. Like yeah. I just – I don't have it in me to deliver. I know you deliver too. Yeah, but I yeah. I don't have a consistent enough route. And so just mm-hmm. your time is valuable. And so don't undersell yourself on your subscription. That was sort of in the beginning when I was doing the monthly. I felt more comfortable doing a monthly because I'm like, oh, it's like less than $100. You yeah. know, and I know what I'm asking with these subscriptions. It seems like a lot, but it's also mm-hmm. so much that goes into yeah. our time and what it what it actually costs to farm these flowers. And mm-hmm. we really are giving them a huge, a huge gift, especially if you're yeah. delivering. So please yeah. just make sure you're doing yeah. it for me. It's a premium service. It's premium. Premium. Gas yes. is expensive. Yes. <laughs> Real expensive. Yeah. yeah it, it is. And and I think if you find – this happened to me too when you said that. It just pinged me, Lindsay. But when I first got started, I was trying to accommodate the lower price point people. Oh, well, no one's going to want to spend that. So let's do one share for three months. They're going to – three bouquets. I'm going to charge 60 or $75 for it. Yeah. The over $100 was like scary. Yeah. But then I was kind of attracting people – I was attracting that cheaper audience and you will learn that the cheaper – I hate generalizing. I shouldn't say this. But in mm-hmm. okay, in my experience, I know that people who are looking for the cheaper price point generally are a little needier. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they have more problems. There's more you, – you know, what's the saying? You spend 20% or 80% of the time on the 20%. And that's 100% true here. So think about who you're attracting with your price point and stuff too. Don't outprice yourself. But I think that weekly piece is if I could give any, just stay away from bi-weekly, over-communicate, do your best, and give yourself some grace as you're learning. I think that's the number one thing. Yeah. I mean, the absolute worst case scenario here, <laughs> you just say to them, I don't have flowers this week. Yeah. I mean, that sounds like <gasps> – Yeah. But yeah. that's what I had to do with Tulip Gate when that all <laughs> happened this spring and I had to bump my stuff, I just, I didn't have what I needed to fulfill the orders and the CSA was my top priority. And mm-hmm. so everybody's super understanding, yeah. you know, I mean, yeah. it's, it is not the end of the world when it comes, yeah. you know, to what we're doing. So yeah. There was, there was one time I had to source flowers from another farm mm-hmm. and I'm like, and I, I just told everybody, I'm like, Hey, this is a week. This is one of those farming things that happen is when we think yeah. things are going to be blooming now and they're not. So I, just so you know, I, and I gave a plug to this other farm and I'm like, I'm supplementing this week's bouquet so you get to enjoy the beauty from both of our farms and yeah. I'm still delivering what I promised you. So there's ways you can be mm-hmm. resilient and pivot and all those things and that's part of what we do. Um, yeah. But overall, I would say CSA is a really great target market and a great uh, business revenue stream. So Okay. All right, guys. Thank you so much for joining us. If you really loved what you're hearing, hit the subscribe button. That will give you a quick notification on Friday when we drop a new episode. We are we have a paid group, um, $20 a month. It's called The Insiders. 
where we have an amazing Facebook group. We drop weekly content. I'm actually going to be dropping this week talking about ranunculus and anemone pre-sprouting and soaking methods. That's going to be our content for this week. So if you're finding yourself wanting to know more about that topic and you know just on on its own you know join us for $20 a month you get so much you would get access to that plus all of the content we've curated since February for this amazing group of supportive cheerleaders they really are the best so if you've been looking for some flower farming friends head over to the dirtonflowers.com forward slash membership and learn more about the insiders it really is a great group Okay, guys, um, say hi to us at the dirt on Fla- at dirt on flowers on Instagram, and we really do love being a part of your everyday lives. So thank you so much for listening. We will see you all at the same time, same place next week. 